Hello, and welcome to the HipaVault show, where we discuss all things HIPAA compliance in the cloud. My name is Adam Zenadine, and I'm joined today. If you've listened to our podcast before, you'll know him already, but I'm joined today, if you're a new listener, uh, by the chief executive and uh, chief technology officer of HipaVault, uh, Mr. Gil Vidal's. Hi, Gil. Hey, Adam. Thanks for that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Good. Thank you. Yeah, I was... Uh, I've, I've got a I've got a longer introduction if you like. Um, joining me in the cloud from a U.S.-based nondescript location over a secure connection <laughs> oh, is Mr. Like Gilbertals. How about that? I like that. That sounds very James Bondish, kind of incognito. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Great. So today, what we're going to be discussing is uh, EDI um, and EDI files in healthcare. Uh, before we get started, please do click subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube and give us a like. It really helps us. Thank you very much for that. Um, so to get into it, um, let's talk a little bit about what EDI is. Uh, Gil, I'll just take us through that, and then maybe you can help us delve into the technical aspects of this a little bit. Um, so EDI stands for Electronic Data Interchange. And it is essentially uh, electronic exchange of business documents and data. Uh, and that exchange happens between uh, different organizations. Um, and the key to EDI is it's standardizing the format of the exchange of that data. Uh, and obviously, because we work in HIPAA and healthcare, we're going to be focusing a little bit on EDI in healthcare today. Uh, so the typical organizations that that EDI exchange takes place between uh, they're categorized into three different types of organizations. So you've got a sponsor, a payer, and a provider. A sponsor is typically uh, an employer. Uh, so an employer that's signed up for healthcare insurance for you know, their employees. Uh, the payer is the insurance company typically. And then the provider is the healthcare organization. And there's, a, there's quite a few um, healthcare-specific EDI files. To name a few, there's a, there's a 270 EDI, uh, which is the initial claim from the provider um, to the payer. So if you think about when you go and receive healthcare in the US and you get a, get a treatment, you, know, you don't necessarily think about what EDI formats um, going on in the background, but you go and get a treatment, maybe you, you pay a copay, um, and then that provider will go and send that information to the, the payer. Um, and that is the 270 initial claim uh, format. And there's a 271, which is the response back from the payer to the, uh, to the provider. And the list goes on. Um, 834, I think, is a, is a very uh, well-known one. Uh, and that is benefits enrollment data. Uh, and that's from sponsor to the payer. So that's from the employer to the uh, insurance company, the 834 file. And so, yeah, the list goes on. There's 835, there's 837. Uh, but that just gives you a little bit of an idea of what EDI is. Um, Gil, there's also an extra term here, which uh, I think it would be good for us to flesh out, which is um, ANSI X12. Could you talk a little bit to that? And then also, in general, how standardizing uh, the format of the files um, helps uh, with efficiency and, and maybe HIPAA compliance? Sure, sure. That's a good introduction, Adam. So first of all, generally speaking, all these formats that you hear all these terms, these 834 and 820 and ANSI X12 and all that, 
these are really just digital formats. So in the old days, you only had paper and pencil. And all these things that we're talking about today were done manually. And that, as you can imagine, that would be cumbersome, error prone. You could lose the paper, spill your coffee on it. Who knows? Uh, and it's hard to transmit. That's the key point. When you go digitally, it's just becomes very quick and easy to transmit something at the speed of light. You can have the records go over. And these, and these different numbers just represent kind of like a language. Let's say, for example, you talk, somebody can speak Portuguese or Russian or Hebrew or Italian, right? So they have to speak to each other in that language. Well, these protocols are the same thing. Each number represents kind of like a different language or format. And X12 is, ANSI X12 is just another one of those formats. In and of itself, Adam, it's not secure. It's just a format. Think about it just as text. And so if you're going to transmit that for health um, HIPAA compliance, you need to follow and adhere to all the security protocols to keep that digital information in the ANSI X12 format safe. That means you have to use, you should encrypt the file, first of all, and then you should send it over an encrypted connection like HTTPS. So you, you would want to make sure you're adhering to that. The opposite of that would just be, oh, well, here's my NC12 file. I'm just going to send it via email to somebody. You know, that wouldn't be very good. It's not encrypted and it's not necessarily sent via an encrypted transport because email can, you know, maybe it's encrypted, maybe it's not. So hopefully that, that helps a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, summing up there, it, it helps reduce the paper trail by having it in a digital or electronic format. Uh, that's that's definitely a, a key point there. And then standardizing the approach to files obviously makes things more efficient in, in, in general. Um, okay, well, that brings us on to a specific uh, case study that we I think we're going to discuss today, which is we... Um, we completed a successful project for an existing client to do with EDI. Is that right? Yeah, it was a university-related uh, customer that had already um, systems within our network, and they wanted to transmit some of the records over to, um, I think, to the sponsor. And so th this was this was a good example of a case where these records need to be transmitted and. It's interesting because they could have selected some off-the-shelf software. They could have just hit a button online, bought some software. But as you can imagine, a lot of the software these days required, well, it costs money, but also a lot of these things are hosted in the cloud. So you have to have, you know, now you introduce a third party that's going to be, you have to connect your system to that third party and they're going to be looking at your stuff and then sending it off. So they asked us to do the programming and put things in the right form, format, in this case, the A34 format. So we did that for them. And then we were able to ensure that the connection was secure. It's encrypted and secure when they send it off, when they sent that file off uh, every day or every hour, whatever, whatever they set up. So we were able to help them in that regard. Um, and I think the case study is interesting, as I said before, the, the cloud providers that offer these kinds of services, um, they know what they're doing and they're good services. But in some cases, companies, especially larger ones, they want to manage that whole process. They don't necessarily want to introduce a third party. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for this for this case study, I, 
I believe it was a it was a fairly large um, fund, right, from the university. Could you talk a little bit about how long it took to to get this, you know, initially set up and then uh, delivered for them? Uh, I think, if I remember right, it took about two weeks of work, and that what what you have to do is once. You have the data. You have to file. You have to follow the specifications for the 834 format. So the programmer had to look at the format and make sure that um, the data was put in the exact right format, and then uh, test that out. So there was a lot of testing done to take in dummy data and then make sure it's formatted, and then send it off and make sure the receiver can read it and open the file and accept the formatting. Otherwise it's rejected with an error code. So there's some trial and error that has to be done to finally have success and say, Oh good. We format it correctly. The receiver uh, accepted it and acknowledged that it was fine. They give you back code saying, Hey, this is all looking good. So there's quite a bit of testing until it was dialed in. And uh, so it was about two weeks worth of work to do that. Yeah. No, uh, it, it was a successful project because I believe that we're actually continuing to expand the, uh, the the development for them. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the first one had to do with a dental plan, if I remember right, or vision, and now they're going to add the second plan as well. Yeah, well, that's that's fantastic. And um, if, uh, listeners, viewers, if, if you're interested in learning more about um, EDI uh, specifically, uh, go to hippovault.com and we have a dedicated a blog and then also a page that walks you through that and you can reach out to us there uh, and let us know what you're looking to accomplish and we'd be happy to to help you there. Um, Gil, did you have any any other points on uh, on EDI? I, 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 obviously, this is a, a fairly high-level overview, but I think we covered quite a bit there. Um, well, I, I would just say that be careful if you're using EDI and you have data that you're handling and, and you're not quite sure, you might say, well, wait a minute, I don't know for sure if this is encrypted and secure end to end. There might be uh, some pieces of the trail. So this information goes from point A to point B to point C to point D. And you think, oh, oh I don't know if from point C to D is really secure. I have secure, doubts. Yeah. So you should, you should know how the data is traveling. And even if you're non-technical, I always like to address our entire audience and they're not all technical. So if you're not technically like, well, how am I supposed to know if it's secure? Well, just sit down for five minutes and talk to your tech people and just say, just tell me where the data is going from back right. of a nap and say, it's going from our data center here in Houston to um, the processing agency in Texas. And, you know, you just basically draw it out, just listen to what they say. And then that that's step number one. And then number two, once you have the, the back of the napkin drawn, then you could just call each one of those vendors in those locations and say, Hey, tell me how you're securing the data, you know, and you might be surprised. You might call one of those people and they say, well, you know, you didn't, when you guys bought our service, you didn't check the box that says you needed a HIPAA compliant and uh, that's extra fee. And you're like, Oh, yeah. So, so even and non you do need people, a HIPAA compliant because there's PHI. Right. Involved. Right. That's right. So, so simply, Asking the question and following up to make sure talking to vendors. And this is not an exercise that would take forever, something that even a non-technical person, really a manager should be doing that to oversee and and question. Like they say, trust and verify, right? If you, you heard it's supposed to be encrypted, well, now you're just verifying. Um, and it's worthwhile doing that because, as you know, if you lose 
patient records, the fine can be quite steep and it's per patient record. So if you have a thousand records being transmitted every night and though somehow it gets in the wrong hands, that's a thousand times $250 times two, you know, 500 times a thousand. So it could be $500,000 fine if you lose a thousand patient records. So it's quite steep. And so because of that, it behooves everyone to, to really walk through that in their mind, back of a napkin, and, and make sure that's good. Absolutely, yeah. So definitely uh, take a look at uh, your current uh, posture there. Um, well, in this episode, we've explored briefly the pivotal role that EDI, electronic data interchange, uh, plays in healthcare. Uh, we also discussed the importance of standard EDI formats um, and ANSI X12. And we delved into a real-world case study um, with a university and addressed uh, data security and HIPAA compliance uh, concerns that come up. Um, so that's it for this episode. If you have any questions, we hope you enjoyed it. And if you have any questions, uh, you can email us at podcast.hippavault.com or uh, tweet us at HIPAA hosting. And thanks for watching. And until next time, thanks for stopping by.